If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down. Welcome to Slow the Fuck Down Show. Time to take a break from your fast-paced life. I'm sensuality coach Casey Hall. And I'm trauma healer Elizabeth Menzel. Each episode, we choose a theme and explore different stories, skills, and songs to help you deal with the cluster cuss that is life in the aftermath of the pandemic. On today's episode, slow the fuck down with accepting your flaws. Get cozy, grab your favorite beverage, and soak in our soothing support. By the end of the episode, you'll walk away with practical skills that actually work. After a year of losses, change, and traumas, you might be scrambling to get back to normal. We've heard that a lot of you are putting extra pressure on yourself to keep it all perfectly together. The silver lining of this pandemic is that you've been given a chance to reevaluate your life and how you're living it. So if you're ready to create your new normal in a way that fully honors all of who you are without putting all of that extra pressure and tension on yourself, we dedicate today's show to you. One of the biggest ways accepting my flaws shows up in my life is um, when I first get up in the morning and look at the mirror. I immediately, and I've had to train myself not to do this, but I still do it from time to time. I immediately look at the flaws, the things that are wrong with me, the things that are off. Like during the pandemic, I decided that I wanted to grow my eyebrows out. And I was like, why not? Like no one's really seeing me. Like this is the perfect chance to do it. So then I just watched YouTube videos and started to become obsessed about how I wanted my eyebrows to look. And I was seeing all of these women with these big, perfect, full eyebrows. And I was like, oh, I want those. And because I was so fixated on it, when I would get up in the morning, the first thing I would look at was how off part of my eyebrow was or how it was not perfectly shaped. And it was driving me nuts. And it's so easy to just focus on these parts of ourselves that we view as flawed. Right. I mean, sometimes it seems like we've trained ourselves to notice our flaws. And I know that I've had a journey going from looking at myself and just seeing my flaws or even thinking about myself and thinking of all of my mental and emotional flaws. That's been a long journey to a very, very deep level of radical self-acceptance. And part of that habitual behavior of first thing, seeing your flaws, is a built-in survival mechanism. Our brain instantaneously puts things into two categories, safe or unsafe. So in the safe category can also go like all the things we like, all the things we think of as normal in our own life. But of course, what is normal? Each of us has a totally different definition of what is normal in their life. But whatever is normal in your life is seen as safe. So the brain wants to make you perpetuate that. And then anything that is seen as different or new or unique can be seen as a threat, can be seen as unsafe. And we can push those things away from us, whether they're things on the outside of us in society that we don't like or things we don't like about other people or things within ourselves that we judge or don't like. We push them away and we view them as either something wrong or something wrong with us or a flaw that we have. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying that my brain was viewing my wild eyebrows as a threat. That's right. <laughs> 
So, you know, in my own journey from being judgmental AF to being accepting AF, I originally thought of my own flaws as, you know, what's wrong with me? And I think that's how most people go about looking at their flaws. What's wrong with me? And now I have a much more nuanced relationship with my quote unquote flaws. So I've made this clarification in my own mind between what are my weaknesses, things that I'm not so great at that I can improve on, and then what's inherently different or unique about me being me. So it's much less harsh and judgmental in my inner world now than it was for most of my life. So one of my habits is when I look in the mirror first thing in the morning, I try to say something nice to my reflection, like, Oh, your skin looks really dewy this morning. <laughs> I hope you say it just like that. I try to talk as sensually as possible to myself. <laughs> and I want to get clear right up front so our slowdown fans can really understand what we're talking about here because a lot of people get tripped up with the word acceptance. So let's go a little bit down the rabbit hole with that one. Acceptance is not condoning something harmful that you do to yourself or others. Acceptance is not a justification for harm or perpetuating pain. When we talk about acceptance, what we are talking about is acknowledging what is, and then you can decide what to do about it. It's just an acknowledgement of what is. When acceptance isn't there, a fight is there. An energy block is there. When acceptance is there, it's like the path gets cleared, the doors get thrown open, and now you can take a conscious and positive action. So when we talk about accepting your flaws, we're talking about acknowledging what is about yourself that is unique or different or special about you. It's all about perspective. It's all about the way you look at flaws. So we're gonna really slow down with accepting your flaws and give you lots of examples and of course, a great skill and song. So you can go about rebuilding your life as we eke our way out of this pandemic cluster cuss and rebuild without all of the judgments and shame that you have been habitually probably putting on yourself for years. So I explained a bit of the neuroscience about noticing flaws as a survival mechanism. And that feeds directly into this desire to be normal, the desire to be accepted in society and not cause any waves because that's dangerous, right? So in that way, it's a safety mechanism, the survival of the fittest. And that segues into the natural human desire to strive for meaning and significance in your life. And the way that can get distorted is when we hold ourselves to impossible standards, when we hold ourselves to perfection, you know, everything has its dark and light side. So especially growth mindset people, we always want to get better, but there's a difference between really wanting to improve and, and be the best you you can be to, I have to be perfect. I have to be better than everyone else. I can't show any weakness of any kind. One is full of stress and judgment and superego and harshness, and the other is full of growth and acceptance and a calmness behind the desire to improve instead of an anxiety driving the desire to improve. 
And I really felt what you just said in my body when you said when the motivation comes from a desire and a calmness to improve, I felt this gentle sinking into my body and almost like an openness and I could breathe a little bit more. And then when you were talking about pushing and forcing it, I actually felt my throat constrict a little bit and my my posture actually just go in. So those two feel so differently inside my body. Right. And I say this to all of my clients. How do you want to feel? <laughs> right. How do you want to feel? Do you want to feel calm and relaxed and going about your life? Or do you want to feel really stressed out and tense? <laughs> because you can learn how to feel calm even in the areas where you were stressed out. It takes brain training. It takes practice. But I feel like if I could learn how to do it and now be the calm-centered person I am now, anyone can learn how to do it. <laughs> yeah, and it's not only easy to find flaws in ourselves, it's easy to find flaws in other people. Yeah, I think some people are more inward-focused, so they pick on themselves more, and then some people are more outward-focused, so they pick on others more. One of the ways this shows up as a healthy sensuality coach is when I hear people talk about their exes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right? I think the easiest thing for any of us to point out flaws about. They're messy. They're controlling. They look at other women. They look at other men. Right? We can go on all day. And while it is perfectly natural to be able to name the flaws that our exes have, Something that I like to point out and also have to remind for myself is that those flaws that we see in our exes can actually go on to serve us in future relationships because once you know what you don't want, you know what you do want. So in a way, in certain situations, it can be healthier to say, thank you, ex, for helping me gain discernment and clarity on what I'm actually looking for. For Sure. I mean, I even remember an ex telling me, you're always telling me what you don't want. What do you want? And I was so used to always seeing the negative that it was really hard for me to name the positive. Like that was a skill I actually had to learn how to do. But to your point, a big part of my preparation and practice for manifesting Dale in my life, my awesome life partner, was I wrote down all of those things I didn't want. And then I wrote down their opposites. So I could get clear on what I wanted and then hold the energy frequency of what I wanted so that I could attract him because I kept holding the energy frequency of what I didn't want. Mm. And I think we do that with our own quote unquote flaws as well. We can like <laughs> you with your eyebrows and that's all you can see. We just get used to focusing on the things about ourselves and others we don't like. And then we unknowingly hold that energy frequency and keep perpetuating it and keep manifesting it day after day after day, because that's what we're focusing on. Where thoughts go, energy flows. I love how you were able to take what you didn't want in a relationship and make a list of what you did want and then focus on that to manifest Dale into your life. And that shift of perspective is powerful. I mean, I don't want to sound hyperbolic, but it's a little bit everything. Like, <laughs> it's so important. I'll take it as far as saying that even these flaws, these things that you judge about yourself, some of them could actually become a superpower with a perspective shift. Let's play a game, flaw or superpower. I like games. So Casey, what have you judged about yourself? What have you seen as a flaw? I take longer than other people to do things. Same, same. <laughs> that was a huge flaw. That was something that I 
heavily shamed myself for most of my life. It just seemed like it took me 10 hours to do what someone else took an hour to do. And now how do you view that quote unquote flaw? Well, I'm kind of laughing because it's a total superpower. And not only is it a superpower, but both of us taking longer than other people to do things is part of what makes you an excellent healer and part of what makes me an excellent coach. How about you? Every healing session, I've got to be able to sit in that mud, sit in the unknown, often for a long time as I hold space for my clients' energy to shift and wisdom to bubble up through them. Healing can't be forced. It can't be something you do to them and then they're fixed like repairing a tire on a bike. <laughs> it requires being masterful about being slow to the point where there is no judgment that it is even slow. It is unfolding and happening in perfect time. What we both used to judge as things take me longer to do than other people has totally turned into a superpower in our professional careers. And it's also turned into our podcast <laughs> called Slow the Fuck Down Show. What is something else that you've judged yourself on? Well, definitely I've always slept in. So I've always been a, a night owl. Even as a kid, I was a night owl. And I've been judged and judged myself pretty harshly about that. Many times in my life, I have tried to change my internal rhythm, change my internal clock, going to bed earlier so I can wake up earlier. It has never worked. So then I just started accepting, hey, this is what it is. At night, I love being creative. <laughs> I kind of come alive. Luckily, it's the same with my partner. We've worked out how to find the superpower, right? How to reframe it all so it can be a positive. Because we really, we tried individually before we got together. And then when we got together, like we really tried. We spent months trying to force ourselves to go to bed early and wake up early. We felt like shit all the time. It never worked. So now we use that time to be creative, to play music, to do art, to make love to relax, and we've adjusted our work schedules around that. I don't work in the mornings. And the truth is, most of my clients, they wanna do it in the evening. So it's so great that I'm able to be awake and see my clients in the evenings. If I was up early in the morning, I'd be too tired at night. So it actually works out better for me, works out better for my clients that I have the energy in the evening. So Casey, What's another flaw that now you see as a superpower? So when I first meet people or when I'm in larger groups, even after I know people for a while, I tend to be more quiet and I just listen. And I used to judge myself for not talking more, not contributing more to the conversation. I thought there was something wrong with me because everyone around me would just be talking and sharing. And I'm just sitting there like kind of listening and observing everything. And now I realize that my ability to listen and not fill space with my own thoughts, bringing my embodied presence is my superpower. As a coach, I always want to help people. I want to see them succeed. I want to be supportive. And I remember initially feeling like I had to share or teach or say something wise or say the right thing. And parts of that worked. But whenever I really started to embrace my 
ability to listen, my ability to shut up and let someone else talk and really, really, really be present with them, the depth and the magnitude of my coaching expanded and so did the quality and so did what came through and so did my ability to tap into my intuition and so did the client's ability to get what it was that they truly wanted. And so it ended up being a superpower of mine. It totally is a superpower of yours. The first time we went out for coffee, your ability to be fully present and listen made me talk more than I usually talk. You created such safety that it felt like it was just pulling the words out of me. (laughs) And I remember even saying to you, like, I never talk this much. (laughs) I remember you saying that. Because I too am often the quieter one or the listener, the the one that holds space. And it's so funny that we have a podcast where the main modality is speaking because better listeners than we are speakers. I mean, it's super weird that I'm a public speaker because I'm definitely a better listener than speaker. But it is a superpower and it's valuable. And I'm so glad that you know now what a superpower that is for you and how much it helps other people. It made me think of now how on LinkedIn you have like public speaker. Can I put public listener? Like, will people get that? I don't know if they'll get it or not, but I love it. (laughs) Edith Piaf said, use your faults, use your defects. If you don't know who Edith Piaf is, she started as a street singer in Paris, and she had a really powerful but unique, unusual voice that wouldn't be deemed as like beautiful singing, especially back in 1935. But she used her hardscrabble life and background that propelled her to sing in this raw, passionate way and made her the most famous singer in France. And listening to her is always empowering, man. Lots of gusto in that woman, just so raw, so powerful. So yes, we can all use our faults and use our defects and Mm -hmm. get a different perspective and see them and use them as superpowers. I love that. I remember like over two decades ago when I was about 10 years into my professional practice, 10 years seems like a long time, but when I look back at who I was and how I was then, I I feel like I was such a newbie on my healing journey. And I was so serious about healing and improving and seeking and my own growth that I feel like all I could see were my flaws. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. I'm really remembering like the way that I used to feel in my body then, like chest was so heavy all of the time. And I had just this burning, anxious desire to be so totally different than how I was. Mm-hmm. 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 I, I know where you're, yep, I'm with you. And I was so steeped in that energy frequency of focusing on my flaws that I attracted a partner that could only see my flaws. And my world got darker and darker and darker, even though I was focusing on healing and wholeness. It was such an inner conflict. There was such a war inside of me. 
And then one day in the spring of 2003, I had what I call a glimpse of enlightenment. And I'd had a couple of glimpses throughout the year before that leading up to it where I could be in this state of total oneness. And it didn't feel all spiritual and flowery and blissful like uh, some people describe. It felt actually very grounded and centered and the word that kept coming to me at that time was, oh, this feels normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I said earlier, you know, what is normal? What the fuck is normal? And in those moments when I was feeling that oneness, that inner fight and that inner conflict would dissipate. And all that was left was a level of love and acceptance that didn't feel like human love, like the way we think of human love. It was so much bigger and it was so complete. And then I could sort of pull back and get this perspective of me, whoever I am, (laughs) living my life as Elizabeth Menzel. But I could pull back and see myself and I could see, okay, On one hand, I have this drive for healing and significance and meaning. And on this other hand, the universe doesn't give a fuck. It just doesn't care. (laughs) (laughs) And that, seeing that dichotomy clearly took me to a level of acceptance for my own humanity that I had never had before. And I realized that each and every human has their own uniqueness and has this inner tension and has this dichotomy going on inside of them. The drive for significance and meaning, the utter futility of everything, and you're just going to die anyway, and nothing really matters. You can either get really depressed when you think about that, or like it's making you laugh, Casey, it can just make you laugh and you can just accept it. And so, you know, that sort of like, oh, I'm human. I'm always going to have these weird, unique things about me. I can fight it and feel like shit. I can accept it and feel good. I'm just going to accept it and feel good and try to do good things for myself and other people, but without all of that tension and angst that I used to feel, right? Like I used to be fueled by the tension and angst. And now more I'm fueled by humor and delight and ease and love. And there's no more of that seeking. There's no more of that striving and pushing a boulder up a hill. So it is a total shift in perception of flaws, of not even calling them flaws anymore, of just what's unique, what's different, what's fun or funny about me? What can I work on and improve? I'm just kind of bringing it all full circle back to that. Like we said in the beginning, like that takes the pressure off. And now from that, I go about my daily life in a much more lighthearted way. Yeah, I I can hear a lot of acceptance of the human experience in that share. Yeah. And, you know, I think with that comes the skill of not letting other people's judgments take root in your own mind and force you to be even harder on yourself and look at yourself in a harsh way, too. You know, like, I have no doubt that my family sees me as an extremely flawed person. Because I don't live my life the way they do. I didn't, you know, settle down, get married, have babies. And so they can't understand the way that I live my life. But I don't see the way I live my life as a flaw. I see it as what's 
in alignment with my highest good and right for me. How different would our society be? How much more equitable, how much more fair if people just focused on acceptance, being in alignment with their highest good, accepting their flaws, seeing the power that's fueling them and how to use their flaws as superpowers and how to keep growing and changing and improving without shaming yourself. It would just be an utterly different society than the one we're living in. I really liked in your share how you normalized the desire to have a growth mindset. It's like, okay, whether you're a growth, growth-minded growth person or whether you are on a spiritual path, it's like you do go from that phase of being very unconscious or unaware of a lot of aspects of yourself. And then all of a sudden you start to become aware and you realize that there's all these perceived flaws that you didn't know were there. And then it becomes this like, oh, I need to heal all of these. And it's so easy to get stuck. I've done it. I get fixated on like, okay, well, I have to heal this and then this. And then there's my trauma. Well, now there's my family's trauma. Oh my gosh. Ancestral trauma, collective trauma. It just keeps going out and out and out and out and you're like holy and then and then it can feel like the whole world's faults are your responsibility to transmute through yourself as if you could even do that (laughs) (laughs) and it sounds like you know you got to this point where you experienced all that and then it was just like oh yes and the universe gives no fucks at the same time no it just takes the fucking pressure off (laughs) right right and there, you know, there's there's so much wonderfulness gained in that experience too. But like you, you know, like you said at the end there too, you can still have those experiences of of growth and expansion and learning new lessons and not bring in the shame and not bring in the judgment as much. And it gets to be easier and it gets to have less pressure. Easier, lighter, more fun. And my experience is the more I accept myself, the more I accept others. And the better I am at choosing who I want to spend my time with. I call my friends the lovable weirdos. They're each so unique, so diverse, different, so who they are. And they're just going about their life in their way. That I would say is the common thread between the people I choose to have close to me in my life is they're going about their life in their way that is theirs. It's just so unique to them. And you know, some of them are in growth mindset and on a path. Some aren't at all. I love them all. Except me, I'm perfectly normal. (laughs) I think what I'm attracted to is their deep level of honesty and acceptance. And all of them in their own way do good things in the world. You know, they're not hurting themselves. They're not hurting anyone else. But I've always felt like an outcast. So I think I attract outcasts as well. (laughs) Or people who feel like they don't really belong. You know, now I've got the Happy Woman Academy with thousands of women. And I think that we share that too. Like, I don't know, there's something kind of weird about me. (laughs) And maybe that's just normal too, is that we all have that feeling that there's just something different about me. Maybe that's just common. And maybe that's a superpower and not a flaw. Yeah, there's something here about just like really owning your own uniqueness and celebrating it. Yep, this is how I'm different. This is what I'm like. Something freeing in that. Yeah, accepting your flaws leads to living your life with a lot more freedom. Yeah, and and I think with that freedom comes comes a lightness and comes space for more humor and not taking yourself so seriously. 
Absolutely. And we'll give you a slowdown skill about how you can incorporate humor into more lovingly accepting your flaws, but (laughs) I'll share a story as well. So my partner recently moved out and I decided that it was time to go up into his office and start to just clear out the space, you know, repair some of the holes in the walls, get some clean, fresh energy in there. So I came up very intentional and I noticed there was a a bubble that was protruding out from the ceiling. And I'm like, ooh, that's either water damage or like a clump of insulation or something going on there. So I walked over to it and I just like poked my finger through it to kind of see what was going on because I had a guy coming to fix drywall. I figured he could just do that too. And so I poked it and these ants started crawling out of it through the ceiling into the room. And I'm like, oh my God, Like this is the last thing I'm expecting. It's like 1030 at night. So I just panicked and I went downstairs and I got my vacuum. And in my panic mind, I was like, this is a great idea. I'm just going to suck up the ants with the vacuum hose and then I can empty them outside so I don't have to kill them. I genuinely hate killing things. And so I put this vacuum hose up to the hole thinking in my mind that, oh, they're all just going to go down the hose into the thing and I can like let them outside. Everything's fine. And it sucked a bigger piece of the drywall and then hundreds of ants just started pouring out into my room. And I'm like, so I was like, I don't know what to do. And so I ran downstairs. I was like, I need tape. And I only had painter's tape. And I was like, okay, I, I just need something to spray on them. And I'm looking through my drawers. I don't have toxic chemicals in my home because it's really bad for you. And I'm like, this is the worst time to be conscious about toxic chemicals. I don't have any tape. Like this is fake tape. This isn't even real tape. And I'm just like half laughing and half panicking at the same time. I finally go upstairs, painter's tape somehow this whole shut and then ended up finding this mold spray that was like in the back of my cabinet for a couple of years and then ended up having to kill the ants. Um, and I felt terrible about it. But the whole situation was just like, first off, so weird. Like what? But then I remember after this happened, I called Elizabeth. And as soon as I start telling you the story, you just started cracking up. And I was able to laugh with you at the just complete absurdity of this whole situation. And not only like, like the weirdness of what happened, but also just the the trueness of who I am of like not having toxic chemicals and genuinely feeling bad about the ants. I think the ants were what I was most concerned about when I was talking to you because I just felt shitty for killing them. So it's just an example of like big flaw with deciding to suck a giant hole out of an ant infested wall and having thousands of ants dump into your house. But I was still able to laugh about it and get it taken care of. In a circumstance like that, if you fight it, it's just going to drive you crazier. And if you accept it, you get to crack up about it. And either way, you're dealing with it. But the experience of dealing with it becomes completely different, right? So you got to acceptance. We had a great laugh. And then you were able to be proactive and get the right kind of help, the right kind of support in a really great way. So the positive parts of being in a growth mindset and wanting to heal and change and improve is that you have a willingness to change. Casey has that willingness, but in the moment when she was a 
alone, it was all too much. It was too hard to deal with. It was totally overwhelming. She had thousands of ants coming into her home and invading her. And of course, because she is who she is, she was worried about the ants. She wasn't worried about herself. <laughs> but still, it was this totally overwhelming situation. She's a very powerful, in-tune person. But in that moment, it was too hard. She didn't have the energy to move forward with it. She accepted shit. I don't know what to do here, right? Acceptance, acknowledgement of what is. And then she did the best thing any of us can do. She called for help. When you don't have enough energy to overcome or get through your issue, that's when you call for help. That's the best thing you can do. And then the other person, whether they're a healing professional or just a friend, they add their energy to your energy. And that's also why it's so important to have positive people in your life. When you're in need, they can add positive energy to whatever situation you're going through and help you overcome it, not drag you down, right? You didn't call any of your old drama friends. Whenever your quote unquote flaws or weaknesses come up, Get some positive, good person in there to help you. So by adding your energies together, you can reach that critical mass and overcome your tough issues and problems. So we know this stuff can be hard to do on your own. And Casey and I have a combined 41 years of professional experience, and we are here to help you. Enrollment is on for our Love Yourself virtual group program for women. So go to thelove.school to see if this program is right for you and enroll today before we sell out. The earlier you enroll, the more free, super slow down stress release classes that you get to get into. These are somatic classes, which means you get to physically move the fight, flight, freeze, faint of stress out of your cells and feel better all from the comfort and safety of your own home. It's easy, it's awesome, it's effective, and classes are the second Saturday of the month. So if you go to thelove.school, you can get all of the details on our Love Yourself program, and there's a link right there so you can learn more about our Super Slowdown Stress Release classes. And let me tell you, Casey and I are so freaking excited about the Love School. <laughs> This has come about so organically, so beautifully, taking women on this journey of slowing down, accepting your flaws, finding your superpowers, thinking, being, moving, speaking as love. And after a word from our sponsor, we will get into our slowdown interview, slowdown skill, and slowdown song. Hey, slowdown fam. It's me, Mother Nature. Globally, there are estimated to be over 3 trillion trees in the world, and no two of my trees are exactly the same. All are unique shapes, sizes, rings, and serve a purpose. But my trees don't focus on their differences. They accept their differences, and they celebrate their superpowers, focus on what connects them, and do what is needed for the survival and benefit of each other. All of you humans can learn from my trees how to accept yourself and do what's best for you and others.
And now for your slowdown interview. We are so excited to welcome to the show, Lisa Hickey. Lisa Hickey is CEO of the Good Men Media Inc. and publisher of the Good Men Project, where you can find an international dynamic conversation about the changing roles of men in the 21st century. She's had an award-winning career in advertising and has published three books. Lisa is the mother of four children and enjoys hiking, bicycling, and the beautiful enormity of nature. Yay! Welcome, Lisa Hickey, to our show. We're so happy to talk with you. So glad to be here. Thank you. So you are such a dynamic, engaging woman doing wonderful work in this world, helping to raise the consciousness of the men in our society and how they interact with women, with equity, and wowzer. How do you slow down? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was something that took me a long time to figure out, quite frankly. The story I want to tell as I was thinking about doing this interview is back in my 20s, eons ago, and I was going to art school. I was studying to be a graphic designer. That's how I got into the advertising world, which was also not a very slow environment, quite frankly. But I was going to art school and I loved it. I just so enjoyed the process of creation um, learning all the skills needed to be a designer. And I got to the point where I was presenting my portfolio to my, my teacher advisor. And she said, you know, Lisa, you're really great at all the creative stuff. You come up with such good ideas, but you always look like you're running for the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think it was that funny at the time <laughs> because I was like, you know, she has a point. <laughs> I am like, I am always literally running for the bus. Like that is my life. And I happened to be pregnant at the time that I graduated art school. So yeah, I was always like, you know, multitasking even then in, in very strange ways. But that sentence that she said just stuck with me. And over the years, I said, okay, would life be any better if I wasn't always running for the bus? And if so, how can I change? I really had to change everything about myself in order to get away from that natural instinct of filling my life up with so much, not having the space between things, not understanding that it's okay to take transition times, not understanding that it's okay to just take a breath, to sit around and talking with friends is not wasting time, which I used to think it was, you know? And so it really was a complete overhaul of the way I lived my life. It wasn't like, oh, I have one simple remedy here. It was thinking about everything about my life and what I really wanted it to be and how I wanted to experience it. Such beautiful wisdom for our slowdown fans. I really resonate with the transition part too, you know, and time with friends, not being wasted time. That's actually super important. Super important. What is your slowdown advice for others? It's hard to give advice about this without sounding completely cliche, <laughs> <laughs> it, which is part of the problem, right? 
Oh, here's another story. Okay. So I had the baby that I was pregnant with and she was a little toddler and I was now working in advertising. And then I had a son and I had to get them both off to daycare in the morning. And we had planted beautiful bulbs in a garden, you know, which I hardly ever even saw. And so I'm running to get the kids into the car seat and couldn't get Caitlin into the car. I'm like, Caitlin, come on. We have to hurry. We have to hurry. We have to hurry. She's like, mommy, I just want to smell the flowers. And I'm like, oh, could you be any more cliche? (laughs) (laughs) But again, that was one of those epiphany moments where I'm like, okay, it's not really doing my kids any good either if I can't figure out how to let them smell the flowers. (laughs) You know what I mean? How to stop and smell the flowers. It gets back to my advice to people listening to this is to get back to what kind of life do you want to live? What kind of life do you want to create for yourself? And we only have a limited amount of time here on this earth. And if you can, if you can stretch that out, if you can make that seem longer, if you can really enjoy the moments of your life that you want to enjoy, you're going to have an advantage over people because you're going to live a longer, fuller, more enriched life than people who can't do that. And so every time I get too busy or too frantic, I just remember that. Like I, I want my life to be as stretched out as possible. I want to live as long as possible. I want to experience things in a way where I can really enjoy them and understand them and be mindful and conscious of them. So beautiful and such great advice. And, you know, Dale and I were in Seattle a couple of days ago walking down a very steep hill that was lined with rose bushes on one side, but they were all different. So we stopped at every single one and smelled all the different scents of each rose. And because we slowed down and took that time, we got to really take in the view more, which was looking out over Lake Washington. And it had been cloudy, of course, because it's Seattle the whole time we were there. And for a moment, we got to see Mount Rainier. And it was such a beautiful moment. And it looked like Mount Rainier was floating above the lake because of how the clouds were striated. And it was such a magical, beautiful, slow down moment that made our lives richer. That gave me chills as you were <laughs> saying it. It's like, I want to be there. I want to be there smelling those roses <laughs> and seeing the Mount Rainier float over the lake. Like, that's awesome. Do you have a favorite slow down song? I know on our show, each episode, we like to feature a slow down song because it's really neat to see what type of music really works for people and helping them to slow down. I do have a slow down song. It's by a group called Rilo Kylie, and it's called Arms Outstretch. And the reason I like it is it has this one line in it, and the line goes, Now some days they last longer than others, but this day by the lake went too soon. And that's just such a good reminder for me. Like I've been spending time at the lakes lately, like lakes all over the country, like Tahoe, Mammoth Lakes, and New Hampshire now I'm at 
Conway Lake, Lake Winnipesaukee. And I want those days to last. I want those memories to be a part of me and who I am. And so she just sings this song so poignantly. And like, it just is really a great reminder for me to slow down. Uh, slow Down fans, we are going to put a link to that song for you on our Slow the F Down Show Facebook page and on our Slow the F Down Show Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash slow the F down show. All right, Lisa, we want our slowdown fans to be able to engage with the very powerful work you put out in the world. How can our slowdown fans get in on the conversation that you're providing? Well, thank you for asking. We'd love to have more people engaged in this conversation. The Good Men Project is an online website, mostly, but we also have a variety of other things. So you can log on to the website at goodmenproject.com. And there you'll see all of the thousands of articles that we've had contributed over the years. We've been around now for 10 years having this conversation. We get over 2 million people a month coming from all over the world. We have lots of advice and particularly advice for men on how to buck the stereotypes of, you know, you have to be a financial success. You have to be doing a million things. You have to have these sort of barometers of what it means to be a man. And we try to dispel all of those. We also have phone calls. We have five different phone calls every day of the week that last for an hour. And you can join the phone calls and talk with other people about these issues. We have a phone call just on relationships, one on stopping racism, a couple of sort of potpourri, you never know what you're going to get types of conversations, and then one on climate change. And they're all great ways to just connect with other people about the things that you care about and use that time to do something meaningful. And how much do those phone calls cost? You can join for free and try them out. Um, but then we do ask that you become a member and you can get a membership for $6.99 a month or $50 a year. <laughs> it's the best deal I've ever heard of people. <laughs> I've heard so many people say things like, oh, I, you know, I don't know who to talk to about race. One of the reasons we wanted to have you on is your resource offers so much. We try. It's an important conversation. And, you know, we a long ago realized that the conversation about the changing roles of men is really the conversation about everything. Like it's so deep into our culture, that if we can figure out ways to unpack that, that we can solve so many of the social problems of the world. So. Amen. One of my sayings is, I'm trying to dissolve the patriarchy one happy woman at a time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> this has been great and a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed talking to you about this. Thank you so much, Lisa Hickey, for who you are and what you do and for giving great slowdown advice to our slowdown fans. Thank you. Thank you. And now for your slowdown skill. So this slowdown skill is one of my favorite when it comes to accepting your flaws because it involves adding humor to the situation. So here's how it works. When you find yourself judging your flaws and having trouble accepting them, bring some lightness to it by narrating out loud what it is that you're doing in a funny way because this lets you accept it in the moment. 
So for example, when I notice that I'm losing my phone a lot, I will say, okay, Case, we have lost our phone three times in the past hour in my tiny house. Let's take a breath, let's get it together and be really aware of where we're putting it next. <laughs> and I normally laugh and I don't take myself so seriously and I'm kinder to myself. So it gets to be that easy when you notice that you are judging your flaws or having trouble accepting your flaws, bring some humor to it by just narrating that part out loud. Take a breath and accept that you are human having a human experience. And now for our slowdown song. This week's featured slowdown fan is Richard Gartner, and his song is called One Unchanging Constant in My World of Variables, and it is by The Orchid Enterprises. And Richard described it as um, some ambient song that he puts on as background noise to kind of get rid of the distractions, but it doesn't have like lyrics or tones that kind of like break you out of the moment. So it's really perfect for just having on whenever you're working or creating or relaxing or slowing down. This is a super great ambient chill out song. When uh, we were listening to it, it zenned me out right away. Like I was just like, yeah, like it just drops you right into a groove. So you can go to our Facebook page, Slow the F Down Show, or our Patreon page, patreon.com slash slow the F Down Show to get links to our slowdown song. So Elizabeth, what was your favorite part of today's show? I think my favorite part of today's show was talking about the absurdism of life and that we are still going to have that drive for significance and meaning in a universe that gives zero fucks. That just lightens my heart. <laughs> Casey, what was your favorite part of today's show? I liked the game Flaw or Superpower. I liked having the experience of really like saying something that used to be a flaw and then realizing, wow, that's actually like one of my best superpowers. On our next episode, slow the fuck down with feeling bad about yourself. Thank you for listening and enjoy your slowdown. If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down.